First here in chapter 1, or in chapter 1 verse um, 15, the first thing, the first essential that we see for the body of Christ is the wisdom to know Him. Okay, the wisdom to know Him. One of the, the first thing we see Paul kind of pray for in, in, in verse 15, he says, for this reason, I, I'm sorry, not in verse 15, but in verse 17, he says um, that the God of our Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom of the revelation and the knowledge of Him. Okay, so that's the first first one that we see this morning. And it's important that we, we also notice in verse 15 that He also says, Hey, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love towards all the saints, I, don't, I do not cease to give thanks for you. Okay, so I want you to notice the, the faith that is, is commended here. Uh, as Paul says, um, you know, I don't cease to give, I don't cease to pray for you because I've heard of your faith. All right, he's heard of their faith. And the way in which he's heard of their faith being played out and, and is the fact that they love one another, the love that they have for one another. Okay, and so Paul's heard of this. All right, this is this is something that's commendable. So he's obviously speaking here to the believers here at Ephesus. He's, he's speaking to the church, and he says, "Like I've heard of your good works. All right, I've heard of your love for one another." And so as he goes on, he says, uh, uh, "Because of this, I don't, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I'm thankful. I'm grateful for you. Okay, and I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus." would give you a spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him. All right, so again, the first thing that we see that, that is essential for the church is this, this wisdom, okay, this wisdom to know God. All right, this wisdom to know God. We, we see that this is a, l- a little bit more than just a knowledge of God, okay? This is wisdom that comes from God, okay? Paul prays often, all right, throughout his epistles and his books, he prays often for wisdom in many places in Scripture, okay? And so it, it asks, you know, it, it begs the question, why, why is wisdom that comes from God, why is it so important? Okay, why do we need that? Why is it essential for the church to have this wisdom, okay, that comes, comes from God, okay? Well, we can simply, first and foremost, just look back at history, Okay, the first way that we can see it is just look back at history. Look back at, look back at the nation of Israel, for example. Okay, when the nation of Israel is being led by wisdom from God and being driven and motivated by, by the Lord and, and seeking Him, seeking His wisdom, seeking His desire, seeking His will, okay, when they're being led and driven by that, then things are going well in Israel, right? Things are going good, right? God is blessing them, right? God, God is multiplying them. He's strengthening them, okay? People and enemies come against them that are much greater than they, and they prevail over and over again when they're seeking God's wisdom, when they're seeking God's plan, and when they're seeking God's will, okay? And so things are going well, all right? But on the flip side, all right, as soon as they turn away from God and begin to seek their own desires or to seek false gods and other things, 
Okay, what happens? They, they, it falls apart. All right? God begins to allow them to experience you know, the, the fruits of their own labor, so to speak. Okay? God, God pulls back His blessing. God pulls back from them okay? as, they, as they fall away from Him, as they, they seek themselves rather than Him. Okay? So all we have to really do is look back at history. Right? When, things are, when people are following after God all right, and seeking God's will, things go well. Okay? Things go good. Things are well. Right? We can see this in the world even today. Right? We can see where, where people are seeking all right, and attempting evil works and evil deeds. Like We see the results of that. Right? And on the flip side, we see things where, where people are seeking to do good, seeking to do God's will and God's plan. All right? And we see good things. All right? So the importance, the first thing we see, the importance of God's wisdom all right, in our lives is that all we have to do is look back and history will tell us that if we're seeking God, things will go well. Right? And if we're disobeying or going astray, then it's going to lead into problems, destruction, okay, dismay, and so on and so forth. All right. Secondly, um, just look at the story of Paul. And we, re- we remember all right, that the Apostle Paul, the one, one uh, credited for writing this book and many others, all right, by, the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, all right, that, that same Apostle Paul that's, that's willing to put his life and limb all right, on the line to share the gospel and to, to make disciples wherever and whenever he can, all right, whether he's in prison for sharing the gospel, he's still sharing. He, he, he never ceases to quit. All right, that same Paul all right, was also known as Saul before. Right? And he was, he was accredited at that time in his life for um, persecuting the church, all right? trying to destroy Christianity and Christians, trying to get rid of it. And Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3. He says, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Okay, so the same Paul that was working to destroy Christianity says, listen, I, he, I mean, when it comes to like being, like Paul was a Pharisee, okay? Paul was a Hebrew. Paul was a, when it comes to like religion and following the law, he says, I was blameless. I was per- like perfect, 
Okay, nobody, nobody could hold anything to me. All right? I was the man. But I count it all as rubbish, she says. I count it all as worthless when it comes to knowing Christ. All right? So we can, we can look at history. We can look back at the story of Paul. Right? And, and see, the difference is, is one day Paul, as he's working to persecute the church, like one day Paul or Saul, he becomes Paul because he, he finds God. Like God comes in and God blinds him, right? And all of a sudden, God gives him wisdom that comes from God. And all of a sudden, he's completely and totally just does this 180 because he realizes he's, his eyes have been opened to the fact that what he was doing was wrong. That Christ, it was, it was about Christ the whole time. Okay, he had it wrong. His eyes were open. Wisdom comes from God. All right, the other thing... Um, is we can see warnings. All right, we look back and see warnings from Christ. All right, if we look at Matthew chapter 7, for example, not everyone, he says, who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. All right, so as we read that passage, all right, one of the things that we're confronted with and we must understand is that just to know about God is not enough. Okay, James would tell us that even the demons and the devil, like they, be, they believe, okay, they believe God. But that's, they, don't, they don't know God. They're not surrendered to God. All right? So again and again and again, we see example after example the importance of us having a wisdom to know God. Right? We don't just need a wisdom of who God is. We do not just need a knowledge of God. We need wisdom okay, that helps us to know God. And that's what Paul is praying for for the church here. We, we need wisdom. It's essential for the church to have wisdom that helps us to know God. All right? Intimately. Like personal, one-on-one relationship. Right? Where I read His Word and through the power of His Holy Spirit in me, I'm able to comprehend and understand His Word. Right? And I'm able to, to pray to the Father. I'm able to lift up prayers to Him and He hears them. All right? He hears my prayers because we have this, we have this connection. Right? I know Him. He knows me. Right? That's essential for the body of Christ. Even in Colossians, all right, this, again, Paul, Colossians 1.9 says, And so from the day... We heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You see, the, the other reason that we see it's important for us, okay, as a church, to have wisdom Okay, of God and have wisdom from God is so that we understand 
and comprehend like what the will of God is. Okay, in Colossians he says so that we would walk worthy of a manner in which we are called. How are we going to do the will of God? How are we going to walk, all right, worthy of our calling in Christ? How's that going to take place without wisdom that comes from God and knowledge that comes from God, right? It ain't, it ain't going to happen, right? If we don't get the instructions that we need from the Lord and the understanding that we need from the Lord, we'll be doing a whole lot of things, but it's really not going to help it's not going to do much, not going to accomplish much if it's not driven from wisdom that comes from God. Okay? So I cannot, I can go on and on and on with, you know, examples and, and, and reasons why, but it's essential. It's the first thing we see listed as Paul prays for this, for this church here that they have wisdom that comes from God, that they have wisdom to know God. Okay? And it's critical, critical for us. Uh, many of you have heard of this book, but uh, J.I. Packer in, in this book called Knowing God says that those who know God have four characteristics. Okay, Great energy for God, great thoughts of God, great boldness for God, and great contentment in God. So those are, those are just four characteristics we see that come from knowing God. Okay, so... First thing we see this morning, it's essential for the church, is the wisdom to know God. Secondly, we'll see that uh, what the second essential we see is that we would know the hope and the riches that we have received. Look what it says in verse 18. It says, Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. See, Paul wants us to fully understand the hope that we now have in Christ. And and we spoke about this a little bit last week, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here, but he says he wants us to understand this hope that we now have in Christ because we understand and realize where we were apart from Christ, right? And we, we spoke a little bit about this last week. If, if we look back at Ephesians 2, okay, then we remember that it says that we were, we were dead in our sin, okay? We were following after, all right, Satan, we were sons of disobedience. We were children of wrath. Okay, remember all those lovely descriptions that we got to see last week of about who we are apart from Jesus. Okay, and so as, as we looked at those last week, we, we remember, all right, and anytime we look back at Ephesians 2, we'll get a, you know, a reality check of who we are apart from Christ. All right, and the importance of what's taking place in Christ. And so, so Paul says, I want you to understand the hope that you now have in Christ. All right, so as we look back at those descriptions, all right, we see now in Christ, we've moved from, from death to life. All right, we've, we've moved from guilty to forgiven. We've moved from children of wrath to 
sons and daughters, beloved sons and daughters. We move from an eternal separation from God because of our sin all right, to the ability to have eternal life with Christ in heaven for all of eternity. Okay? So, man, that's, that's a huge difference. That's a big deal. All right? We, we have moved from hopeless all right, to full of hope in Christ. And Paul says, I want you to, like, I want you to have understand, full understanding of that. Not just of the hope that you now have, but also, he says, of the inheritance, this glorious and this is the riches of His glorious inheritance. All right, what, what we have in Christ and what we have in eternity, it's not, there's nothing that can compare to it. There's nothing that this life or this earth has to offer us that will compare to what we have now in Christ, to what we have now in eternity with the Father, all right. If we if we look at Scripture and as we look at man, just a few descriptions we have of what heaven is going to be like. No more pain, no more sorrow. I mean, it's described as streets of gold, and you know, I mean, just all of these. Like it's, we won't comprehend it until we're there. But in Christ, like that's our future. That's our future. Okay, and so Paul says, listen, I, I want you to have a full understanding of what has taken place and the hope that you now have in Christ and what your inheritance, this glorious inheritance looks like. Right? And there's nothing that there's there's nothing that I can read to you, there's nothing I can say to you that's going to help us fully comprehend that. But God will. God can. Okay, Wisdom that comes from Him, understanding that comes from Him will help us understand that. So secondly, we see that we would know the hope and the riches that we have received. Thirdly this morning, Paul's prayer tells us the third essential that we see will be the greatness that we understand the greatness of his power the greatness of his power he calls it look what he says in verse 19 and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might okay his great power paul as we go on in verses 20 to 23, Paul reminds us of God's great power towards us. He says, in verse 20, he says, and that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, all right, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. See, Paul's pointing us back and reminding us just how great his power is. He says he has the power to resurrect. He reminds us of Christ and the resurrection. And he says, 
This is, this is his power. He has the power to resurrect the dead. All right? And he proves it. He has the power to enthrone. All right? He has the power to, to raise Christ up to the heavenly places and, and seat him all right? there in the heavenly places. He has power over heaven. Right? I mean, it's one thing to have power on earth, right? But, Christ, but God has power over heaven. He has power over any other, right? Name above all names, okay? Greater than any other. He has power over eternity. So, we ask, why is it such a big deal that we understand His power? Because we have to remember a few things about our, our life and our walk all right, in Christ. And so, in Ephesians chapter 6, we'll get there as we walk through the book of Ephesians, but one of the things we see in Ephesians chapter 6 is that we, we're in a spiritual battle. Okay? We're in a spiritual battle. So Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 says, "...put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil." For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. All right. So one of the reasons that we must understand his power is because we are in a spiritual battle each and every day. Like we don't even realize it. We don't even understand it sometimes. All right. It's 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 difficult to think about. Okay, but Scripture makes it clear. Like we're we're not just battling against flesh and blood. We're not just our battle is not against you know this evil ruler or this evil person or or this or that. Like our battle is is a spiritual one. All right, one that's greater than what we can handle. And he says. That we're to put on in verse in, in chapter six, and he says we're to put on the whole armor of God. Right? We we must understand that we got we we have His power. We got to tap into His power, right? Through faith in Christ. So we're in a we're in a spiritual war. So we need to understand how great His power is, right? Because I don't I don't know about y'all, but Day in and day out, it gets it gets difficult sometimes, right? Like I like I I know what God's word says a lot of times, you know, and I fail to follow through, right? I know I'm I'm the only one that deals with that, but but we we but we fail to follow through. Like we read it, it's clear, we understand it, like deep in our hearts, our desire is to obey it, to trust it, to follow through with it. But time and time again, we fall down, fall flat on our face. Right? So it's important for us to be, it's important for us to comprehend that it's not our power all right, that's going to get us through this. Right? It's His power. Right? And, and his power is 
far greater than anything we can comprehend and understand. All right, we have to realize how great His power is. We're in a, we're in a spiritual war. As a matter of fact, also, we're going to face trials and we're going to face persecution. All right, James chapter 1 tells us to count it as joy right, when we go through different trials. All right. Why, how, how do we count that as joy? Like difficulties, trials, joy? How, how do we, I mean, it doesn't sound joyful. Right? But we, we realize, like, even as we go through a trial, we're reminded we're not in control. And we're reminded that we are leaning on Him. And what Paul's help wanting us to understand is that, like, we're leaning on Him because His power, it's enough. Like, His power is good. Like, His power is what we need. His power will get us through it. And so, also in John chapter 15, we, we, we see this, um, the fact that we're going we're gonna to experience persecution. Like, if we're, if we're walking like through life in, in Christ, doing the things that Christ is leading us to do, right? Try, trying to stand on the Word, then we're going to face persecution. There's going to be people that disagree. There's going to be people that don't like it. There's going to be people that want to argue against it. There's going to be people that dislike us because that we take a stand on the Word. And so we're going to face persecution if we take a stand on him and on his word right and so we must understand in john 15 it says the world hates you christ says hated me first all right it's nothing new it's nothing new so as we face persecution we face difficulty it's going to be important that we understand and we remember the greatness of His power. We also need to remember the greatness of His power because we've been called to make disciples. Okay? We've been called to make disciples. We've been called to bear fruit all right, for the kingdom. We've been called to stand up all right, for the oppressed. And I don't, I don't know, like, I, I've seen this, I, I've experienced this. Like, it's not easy, for whatever reason, it's not always easy to share the gospel with someone, right? I mean, I've never experienced this like we experienced on the trip that the, the, crew, the, the team is on the way back from. Because you're, you're in a completely different place with... You know, people that don't look like you and don't talk like you, and so and you're trying to share the gospel with them. Like it's difficult, but we've been called to make disciples. We've been called to bear fruit, to do good works. All right, we've been called to stand up. All right, for those that are oppressed. Those things can get a little nerve-wracking sometimes. Those things can get a little difficult to do sometimes. Sometimes 
we just think, oh, I'm, 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 like, I can't make that big of a difference, right? Or if, if I don't tell that person about Christ, you know, somebody will, right? And, and there's all these things we've been called to do in Christ, but if we don't remember how great His power is, then we will be crippled by fear. We will be crippled by anxiety. We will be crippled by things that will hold us back from doing what God has called us and what God has saved us to do. Okay, So we have to continually point back, look back, and remember who He is and how great His power is. And the fact that if He's called us to do something, He's going to get us through it. I mean, how... How many of you have heard stories and testimonies of just things that seem impossible, but somehow or another, somebody felt the calling of God, they were led by God, they followed through, and, and God made it happen, right? Because that's who He is. That's how great His power is, okay? So... It's important that we remember the greatness of His power. Because the fact of the matter is, is that there's people in this room today, all right, that God is calling to do something. All right, it might be something like share the gospel with your neighbor, your coworker, a friend of yours, a family member. All right, it might be starting something new. All right, to, to make disciples. It might be going on a missions trip. It might be um, raising some money for, for you know, starving people here or there. Like, I don't know. All right. But I know each and every one of us are placed in unique places and unique situations each and every day. And I know that in my own life, my own experience, I know there's been times where I know God is calling me to do this or calling me to do that. But I'm, I, I, I talk myself out of it. Or I allow fear or worry to creep in and I don't follow through. Right? We must remember who He is and how great His power is. Okay, and don't allow anything to hold us back from something that God is calling us to do. Okay, fourthly, I just want us to look at what he says in verse 22 and 23, and he says, And he put all things under his feet gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. As, as we look at those two verses, we're reminded of the fact that Christ, Christ is the head of the church, of the body of Christ. So what's that mean? Well, it means we're part of the body, if we're in Christ, we're part of the body of Christ. And that means Christ is the head over us. 
And he's the head over this church. He's the head over his church, his believers. Okay, And the reason I, I want us to understand that and to realize that is regardless of who's like standing here, okay, regardless of, of who's standing here, regardless of like what you think of or see um, on the news about you know this this Christian church you know, or this church is doing this or this pastor is doing this or a lot of times we can put a lot of focus on someone and forget that it's Christ who's the head of the church. Okay? And there's a lot of churches and a lot of people out there that lift up people in the place of who Christ is. And we need, we need to be very careful and realize and understand that, you know, as I stand here today, I'm just a follower of Christ that's been called here to share the word this morning, right? Your, your pastor, Will, like he's been called to preach the gospel to you and pastor this church, okay? But we're still struggling. We're still human, right? We're still dealing with the same things and, and that you're dealing with, right? And we need to remember that it's the one we're all seeking to follow is Christ. He's the head of the church, all right? So be surrendered to Christ, right? I hear so many people that pick where they go to church and what they listen to, what they believe based upon someone or their actions or the actions of that pastor or this church. And listen, be surrendered to Christ. All right? If you're a part of the body of Christ, you surrender to Christ and surrender to His Word. And you always remember to keep your eyes on Him and His example Right? And life will work out just fine. Everything will be just fine. Okay? Christ is the head of the church. He gets to call the shots. All right? We get to surrender to Him because we are the body of Christ. All right? So, Christ is the head of the church. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, once again, we want to thank you for this word. And Father, we just want to thank you for this prayer that Paul lifted up, Lord, that helps us to see just some essential things that we need as the body of Christ. So Father, we pray. Lord, we cry out. We beg for your wisdom this morning. Lord, we pray that we would not rely on our own understanding, but Father, we would... Lord, we would seek you and your will and your wisdom above all else. And Lord, we pray that you would freely and just totally give that to us. Father, we, we, we need your wisdom. We need wisdom that helps us to know you. We need the wisdom that helps us do the works that you've saved us to do. Lord, apart from your wisdom, we are lost. And so, Father, we pray for that wisdom this morning. Lord, we pray that you would help us to understand the hope that we've been called to and the riches 
Lord, that You have, Lord, given to us, the inheritance that we've received, Lord, to be able to spend all of eternity with You because You did this great work through Christ and we were able to be forgiven for our sin. We were able to be saved. And Lord, the death that was due to us. So Father, I pray for you to continually remind us of the hope that we now have and just how awesome it will be to be with you in heaven and eternity. Father, I pray that you would also help us to be reminded of your greatness and your power. Lord, you have called us to make disciples. Lord, you have called us to your good works and your will. Lord, you've called us to stand up and to help those that can't help themselves. Father, all of these things can be difficult for us if we don't remember whose power dwells in us and whose power has led us to know You and who's led us to these tasks. And Father, I pray that we would not step down, that we would not step aside, and that we would follow through with anything that You've called us to do. Lord, that fear would not hold us back because we realize, we understand, we remember whose power it is that dwells in us. And Father, I pray that we would live just surrendered, Lord, to You and to Your plans as a church and individually. Lord, we remember that this is Your body. These are Your people. Lord, we are Your people. And so help us to be surrendered to You and Your example. Father, we pray all these things in Your great name. And Father, we pray that You would... Just help us to respond as we should. Worship with faith, full trust and obedience. You deserve nothing less. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.